Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're recording. Okay, hey. Welcome to episode 14 of Dory, Matt, Matt and Dory, you know. It's our excellent adventure. I'm Dory Shafrir, and my eggs are old. I'm Matt Meyer. My sperm's real dumb. Uh, I got a pretty sweet email. Uh, customer survey assignment that will pay me $355. What? It's a secret shopper thing. Guaranteed spam mail. Oh. Just came in. 9 a.m. table read tomorrow. Really going through all my okay, mail. Okay, maybe on the you should. Podcast, okay, let's everybody. put your phone away because you know we don't have that much time today. We have plenty of time. The audience is uh, listening. I hope. Now, well, if you're a new listener, welcome. If you're an old listener, welcome back. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so what happened this week? Oh, uh, no, was that this week? I went to the acupuncturist. You went to the acupuncturist. I've been trying to not smoke. Uh, it's been a week. Yeah. You've been taking supplements. 
I've been taking not supplements, antioxidants. Antioxidants. You know, some fun pills that don't taste very good. Oh, really? No, they're awful. That must mean that they're good. Is that is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, that's a thing I made up. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah. So right now we're. What's the next thing that happens for us? You have to go back the twenty. No, no, that was last cycle. So, that was the start of the cycle. So I was on that estrogen and Provera for a week. Yeah. That ended last, that ended on Wednesday. So that ended like four days ago. Yeah. And then a week to 10 days after that, mm-hmm. I will get what appears to be a period, but mm-hmm. is apparently not a real period, but it'll feel like a period. Like a comma. It's like, a colon Mm, not your colon the punctuation mark um and then i will go in on day two and then she's going to shed my lining i don't know what that means (laughs) how do you do that i don't know she go in and scrape the wall i mean your period is is shedding your lining like your lining comes out in your period that's what happens i didn't know that oh yeah you didn't have health didn't have health like in in eighth grade you didn't have health oh they split us in fifth grade they would split us oh so you didn't learn about periods no you just i just learned about dicks what'd you learn how great they are really yeah that's what they taught you guys i don't remember anything did they tell you not to jerk off no no i went to public middle school oh yeah i just wonder like i don't know what what do they tell people in catholic school Great question. I don't know. Um, probably just that uh, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and uh, we're all born with original sin, and um, we're probably all going to hell. They tell yeah, you that pretty in, much covers it. They tell you that in health class. That is all classes. Oh, okay. math class, science class, definitely theology. Cool. Um, so yeah, so I'll go in, and then. She's putting me on a course of estrogen to line up my follicles. Line them up? Yeah. Have you talked to her more? No, she said all this when we saw her. Boy, you're remembering a lot more than I You am. You were sort of in and out, as like, like paying attention-wise, I think. I disagree. I think I paid plenty of attention. Well, anyway, she's going to do that. Uh-huh. And then... Um, then we're going to start a cycle. Right. Remember when we were in the exam room and you were like, okay, so like we, you, you were worried about my book kind uh, of yeah, running up against about it. Your book, running up against and so then she took out her calendar and she was sort of like counting weeks and yeah. she was like, okay, well, assuming all goes well, first weekend of like first week of March. And we were like, okay, cool. Yeah, we got big plans, you know. Yeah. So um so yeah, so that's that's the deal, but she also she sent me to this acupuncturist who wants me to um have a cup of bone broth a day. <laughs> so that's that's on the stove right now. Oh, is that what the that's giant That's what the stock pot, pot is. is. Yeah. Also, bone uh, bone broth? Yeah. I'm saying that in air quotes. Sure. 
from what I can tell, uh-huh. is just chicken stock or beef stock. Like all of a sudden, yeah, that's what it is. They just started calling it bone broth and charging like five dollars for like a tiny cup of it. Who charges five dollars for a cup of it? Bougie restaurants. Oh no, it's just stock. It's insane. It's like if you read, like but we all knew it was just stock. I, the world knows that. I, I don't. It's like the rebranding of chicken stock is is the biggest scandal of of. No, I feel like the branding of lies as alternative facts is the biggest scandal. Bone broth is fake news. Oh God. Um. Yeah. Uh. We just did the show in San Francisco last night. Yeah. How did it go? Met a lot of fans of our show. <gasps> really. I think so. I mean, a lot of people came up afterwards and said, if I say a lot, I say like five people. It was pouring rain, though, so I understand why. There oh. weren't a lot of people waiting out, out there. That's so nice, though. Um, yeah, it was good. I talked about the podcast. I uh, told everybody to buy your book. Thank you. So Start up a hopefully. novel. Yep, asked Hardwick to pay for a round of IVF. Didn't go over great. Damn. With him, the audience loved it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you really put him on the spot. Yeah. Well, he was giving out $100 bills just because people were right about Star Trek and I was wrong. So You were wrong about Star Trek? I just had the <gasps> season wrong. I knew the title of the episode. Bo, do you hear that? Bo's on the couch. Oh, there he is. He doesn't care. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah. So, so the acupuncturist... Um, she really wants to see you. I told her that that most likely was not going to happen. Um, Correct. Because I'd have to have my shirt off, and I'm not doing that. Also, she's in Los Feliz, and I feel like when would well, you when get am over I going there? East? I don't go east. Yeah, I only go west. Um, so that, yeah, and so, but I'm going to see her every week. Okay. It seems like she's covered by insurance, which is like great. Good luck. I hope it continues to be seeming like it's covered by insurance well my insurance covers acupuncture i called and she takes insurance so it's now it's just a question of does she take my insurance and she was her person was like checking on that but if that is the case every visit would cost me ten dollars which would be sounds like a bargain really does yeah no seriously a bargain you they like you like lie there and she puts pins in you and you you like nap for 20 minutes it's really nice yeah um why don't we tell people what we have coming up a little bit later in the show guys while matt was walking Bo for the third time in the space of like an hour the fourth time it was the fourth time he went out that was the fourth time you took him out the fourth time i took him out <laughs> he kept taking Bo out and and oh right because the first time he just turned right around first time he was like there's rain i don't care yeah for this. And then, yeah. yeah, and he just kept not pooping, but getting really agitated when he would come in. Um, anyway, I talked to two sisters who, um, one of them donated and donated eggs to the other. And now the other one has a four, four and a half year old son. Wow. So we talked all about that. It's a really cool interview. And they are like sister goals i mean no i love my sister we have a great relationship but they i I mean they're 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 just like it was amazing like the 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 sister was like she 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 said to her older sister well you know what 
I don't want to give away. Don't give it away. Yeah, I'm don't not giving spoil you away. It. You guys can listen. Stay tuned. You guys. can keep listening. We're gonna we're gonna do some emails, and yep. then you're gonna hear Dory use her amazing journalistic interview skills <laughs> to prod an interview out of two people over Skype, which was a very complicated setup. But it was I managed to get it going. Crazy. I also. Think. It, there's like a huge storm on Long Island tonight. One of them was in Long Island. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Wicked storming. Um, so the first, the first or- thing of order of business that we have is first we have, order of business. We have a contest winner. Contest. Oh, this is the contest where you asked everyone to please ask their local library to purchase your book so that they may eventually take it out of the library. Correct. And we asked that you sent proof that you did that. Correct. And then we randomized the winner. Correct. And we have a winner. So we have a winner. Get a signed copy. Yes. Of Dory Shafrir's exciting new novel, Startup. A novel. <laughs> um, and, oh, and also, before I say the winner Available is... Available on Amazon. Um, and Barnes and & Noble and IndieBound. And your local bookstore. Um, thank you to everyone who did this. It was so cool. All these people, like, actually all over the world. A bunch of people in New Zealand. Ooh. Like, everyone was like, I requested your book from the library. Are you getting printed in New Zealand? No. I, I, we haven't sold the UK rights yet, so they would have to buy the American version. Buckle up, UK. You're going to have to read the American version. Yeah, it's going to say, like, realized with the Z, and you're going to be like, what? Or a Z. You say Z. Mm. Um, okay, so the contest winner is, drumroll, Edwin Avalos. Edwin Avalos. Congratulations. He requested a book from the Hennepin County Library in Minnesota. Oh. Yeah. We'll keep you warm during yeah. the cold April month. Yeah. So thank you, Edwin. Um, please get in touch with your address and I will send a copy over. Yeah. Send your email to mattandory at gmail.com with the subject line, I'm Edwin. Yeah, well, it'll say from... I know. Yeah. I'm just trying to make it fun. Oh. Um, And also, thank you to everyone who left us a rating and a review on iTunes. Very much appreciated. And Edwin, if you are a fan, uh, not only of my wife and her amazing book, and you're a fan of me, tell my wife in the email, and I'll send you a random book off my bookshelf. (laughs) I'm staring at my bookshelf right now. I feel like all the books you own are ones that you actually really care about. Well, we did go through a lot of books, yeah. but I feel like I can... You could choose one? I can I can get rid of something. All right. Um, so yeah, leave us, a, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, please. Uh, join our Facebook group. Yeah. Facebook.com slash group slash Excellent Adventure. There's, some, there's been some great conversations there on there lately. A lot of slash fic there. No. no. Um, and our website is doryandmatt.com where you can read a little bit more about the podcast and donate. So Matt can... We should buy Matt and Dory and then just redirect. Yeah, we should. Okay. We might do that between yeah. now and you hearing it. Yeah, because we don't want any of you domain squatters to buy it up. You're the worst. Um, yeah, someone someone, someone bought com. Someone bought com, And whoever did was a listener to the Nerdist podcast. And I asked that it just be redirected to a Google search for uh, cat pizza. And it is. So if you go to com, <laughs> you'll get a Google image search of cat pizza. It's a lot of cats with some pizza. That's amazing. Um all right, we're going to read a couple emails because then we want to get to the interview. We 
we cool. don't have that much time. Um, and Matt has to go off and do his second podcast of the evening, Star Trek, The Next Conversation yep. with so Andy one those, Secunda. One of those three podcast weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is from Christina from Boston. What up? Hi there. Thanks so much for doing this podcast. I first heard about it on The Nerdist. Ooh. Thank you. And immediately binged through episode 12. It's great how open you are about your experience, and it's really helpful to hear other people's stories. I currently live in Boston and used to live in Worcester. Worcester. So I get a kick out of all the Massachusetts references. I have no clue what pyramid building Matt was talking about in episode 11, I swear though. to God, guys, it, it exists. I feel like it was a circuit city at some point. <laughs> I never even looked it up. Anyway, anyway go ahead. I'll be on the lookout for it, though for it now as for my story my husband and i have been trying to have a baby for several years we've had four failed iuis and ivf xc would be the next step my question for you is was there ever a point before starting ivf where you hesitated and didn't know if you wanted to go through the process for whatever reason or were you always a hundred percent on board i ask because i'm struggling with making the final decision to move forward with ivf best of luck on your journey to parenthood christina from boston uh yeah no i don't i think we just knew we wanted kids so yeah we figured out well how do you get kids and then that was one way to do it also as i think we've discussed before you were always convinced that it was me it was you and that we were gonna have to do ivf which turned out to be correct you're welcome thanks no no so sorry yeah. So no, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't really has, I, and I always assumed that I would have to do it because I was going to be old. And I assume that since I hadn't gotten anyone pregnant in my twenties, I must be infertile. I mean, when you first said that, I was like, Ugh, whatever. But then I was actually thinking about my ex-boyfriends and so many of them were like, yeah, I got someone pregnant. So there you go. Just, there's a lot of accidental pregnancies out there. There are. And you know what? That's why we support Planned Parenthood. Yeah. We like to plan on parenthood. Yeah. Go donate to Planned Parenthood while you're at it, by the way. Um, Okay. I'm going to... Oh, this is kind of... Actually, I'm going to save this one for the next time because it's kind of a long and intense one. All right. And... uh, Well, Christina, congratulations on being less intense and less long. (laughs) So anyway, yeah. If you want... I, I feel like it's not... I mean, you're listening to us go through the process right now and... Seems like it's not a lot of fun, and it's not. But I'm told that the end result is nice. Yeah. So that's why we're, we're doing it. Um, all right. Here's another one. This is from Ryan. What up, Ryan? <clears throat> hey, Matt and Dory. My name is Ryan. I'm a huge podcast fan. I started listening to Matt talk about your journey and his dumb sperm on the Nerdist. Oh, another Nerdist Very listener. True. Very true. And promptly shut it off. Oh. Oh no. And downloaded your show. Oh, thank God. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. Uh, up and down. Yeah. I wasn't aware how interested I'd be in IVF and your pregnancy journey, but here I am. I'm a teacher in New York and I've been listening on commutes and currently during a big grading binge. I'm in the middle of my two dads, which is interesting to me because as a gay man, this may just be my future. Oh. You've touched on how you thought about sperm donation, and I got into thinking about becoming a donor. I'm very empathetic listening to these journeys of struggle and like the idea of being able to help. I've filled out some forms for clinic in Manhattan, but I'm wary I'm pressing send. As someone who wants kids, I feel weird having a mini-me coming into the world without my knowledge. Then again, when I decide to have my future children, I wouldn't want the birth mother involved, so I shouldn't let that be weird to me, right? Right. It seems like a nice thing to do, and it's a nice pay addition to a not-so-great new teacher's salary. 
Curious to hear your thoughts. Side note, if Paris Geller was working at the clinic, I'd mm-hmm. so be in. Right, Matt? Totally. Good luck with your continuing journey, Ryan. Paris Geller, greatest character in Gilmore Girls history. Although, I mean, Emily really storming up the rear with this great uh, arc she had in A Year in the Life. But I've always been a fan of Paris. And I've always said that Paris is the only character on Gilmore Girls who actually changed over the seven years. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, what do you think as a man? About sperm donation? Yeah. I say go for it. You're never going to know if any of it takes. That's true. Someone might not choose you. Yeah. Well, that's not going to feel good. <laughs> but he won't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't know. When you're a sperm donor, though, don't you get like a phone call and you have to go in and or do they just keep your sperm I on I think ice? they just keep your sperm. Maybe they're actually, I don't know. I thought they just kept your sperm. I don't know. I mean, why don't they just keep my sperm? Do you know what I mean? Because it's never, with sperm donation, you're never using fresh sperm. You're always using frozen sperm. I know, but like, why can't we get a good batch of my sperm and freeze it? Hmm, I don't know. Probably because fresh, I think all things being equal, like fresh sperm is always going to be better than frozen sperm. Yeah, but frozen embryos are always better than fresh embryos. No, it's the it's that they think the environment is more receptive when you're using a frozen embryo because your body has like has time to recover from everything you've been doing to it and it gets time to prep for the oh. embryo transfer. It's not I see, it's, it's not the embryo it's itself. It's not so much the embryo itself. And also there's a, there's a small danger. There is a very small danger that when you thaw the embryo that it that it disappears <laughs> that you lose the embryo <laughs> yeah oh that's interesting yeah like a very small chance but there is a chance okay that's like when you know when they're doing when people talk about egg freezing uh-huh. they like there's not enough data right now to know how successful it is because they haven't had enough women thaw their eggs yet and try to get pregnant from them interesting because sometimes the eggs don't survive the thaw Oh, I'd survive the thaw as a human being. You would. I'm thinking about getting cryogenically preserved. You are? No, I've been reading about it a lot, though. Huh. These girls at work where I overheard them talking about um, cryotherapy, you know, when you get Yeah, when you freeze your fat. No, it's just when you go. Recovery for injuries? Yeah, you like go into a tank and it's supposed to be like, good for you. But there's that girl who died. Well, you know. People die doing everything. That's true. People have died playing video games. Um, Not going to stop me. I feel like you should read the next email because it's about Canada. Oh, I love Canada, as we all know. Uh, is it the this one from Kelsey? Yeah. Here? Mm-hmm. In episode 10, you both spoke very positively about traveling to my glorious nation of Canada. <laughs> I've got great news about why 2017 is a fantastic year to come it's our nation's 150th birthday <gasps> happy birthday canada what is that a sesquicentennial uh yeah yep uh everyone in canada is so psyched because to celebrate this occasion you can order a parks pass that gives you free admission to any national park in canada for the whole year <gasps> that wow. is very cool all that buzzing you hear is canada rejoicing simultaneously <laughs> Uh, best wishes in your uh, journey, and hopefully we can see you in Canada soon. I'd love to go to Canada soon. Uh, she gives a link to the where to where to get it. You can probably just Google it. Yeah, you can Google it. Are you going to say the whole URL? No, it's yeah. a lengthy URL. Yeah, Kelsey, thank you for inviting me to my favorite country, Canada. You love Canada. I do. I'd like to go again. 
I guess instead of Montreal, we're going to France. So whatever. Yeah. To stay with Mosier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can read this one. This too. is from uh, Daniel in Australia. I'm told by the words on this paper. Hi, Dorian Matt. My name is Daniel Horde. I love it. But Matt can call me Hordelicious. Oh, I can. <laughs> Longtime Nerdist listener. More hostels currently in Arizona. I was excited when Matt mentioned the UnIVF co- podcast, as I can't say, uh, rather, as I can't listen to any of Matt's 400 other podcasts. It's like you choose all the television I've never watched. I'm sorry. Aww. It'd be a good time to get into some of those things. I'd love to do a Cheers podcast, but I'll have to finish Fraser first. Anyway, my wife is currently a surrogate for her longtime friend who lives in Australia. We used her friend's eggs, which were fertilized by her husband. We are being compensated, but well below the average. It was agreed upon, and a contract was involved. They even surprised my family with a trip to Disneyland. Oh, that's cool. I was interested in the Two Dads podcast and the comments about being too close with your surrogate. I've never considered it an issue, as both parents are mature and level-headed adults. My wife and her friend have known each other for 10 years. I think that's where the difference is. Yeah. I know you don't have to use a surrogate, but would you choose a rando or a friend? Great question. Wow. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase, 
for virtually any reason. They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. You know, I think I would choose a rando. Really? Well, I feel like, like who would I ask... And how would I ask them? I don't know. It's like you have to feel them out. Who would be willing? I know. Like, just be like, oh, so what do you think about people being surrogates for their friends? And see what they say. (laughs) I don't know. Make your sister do it. She seemed to be sick constantly while she was pregnant. Yeah, she she was great. Great at being (laughs) pregnant. (laughs) Uh, Before this gets too long, I just want to say thank you for chronicling your journey. And I know the second round will result in a pregnancy. Ooh. Took my wife two rounds as well. Oh, Matt, you said a few times that you wish there was more the man could do in the process. So get on that quitting smoking bandwagon. I'm on it, begrudgingly. Uh, Hell, do some acupuncture. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, Anything and everything that could help, uh, you should do. Damn it. Oh, thank you, Daniel. Hordelicious. Thank you, Hordelicious. Hashtag Team Jonah. Ah, That's funny. A kid. Thanks for a great time, guys. Oh. Well, there you go. Thanks, Daniel. Who would we ask? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know of people who I'd be like, oh, you could carry my child. But it would have to be someone who had already been pregnant. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. And like, Do we know anybody who's already? Well, I know we know people, but like, I'm like, well, anyway, we'll figure it out. Maybe a listener will carry our baby. Oh, God. I hope we don't. <laughs> I hope it doesn't get to that point. Uh, this is from Annie. Hey, Matt and Dory. Love your podcast. Uh, it has kept me sane through the dreaded two-week wait and the mm. subsequent utter disappointment of not being pregnant. Oh, sorry, Annie. Listen, we've been there. Just really good at detecting possible symptoms. Uh, not being pregnant, just really good at detecting possible Oh, I see what you're saying. I think. I'm curious if you or your listeners have advice about when to see a specialist versus a regular OBGYN. I'm 32 and have been trying to get pregnant for a little over six months. My primary care doctor referred me a fertility uh, what? That's not even a word. <laughs> fertility clinic. Uh, my insurance is HMO, which might be a factor. However, it seems early to go to a specialist. My biggest problem is that I'm not getting a period, so I have no idea if or when I'm ovulating. From sister's experience as well as other listeners, it sounds like there are medications that, and tests to jumpstart ovulation. I would... I think it's the next page. I would love to learn more about the early steps in your process and when you transitioned from an OBGYN to a more specialized physician or IVF clinic. What information did you have before starting your IVF journey? Um... <laughs> Is that the whole email? No, that wasn't the whole oh. email. It was just like stopping for us to answer her question. Oh, okay. 
Um, because I felt like that was kind of a, it's, it's like a little bit of a long answer. So maybe we should finish okay. the email. Thank you for being so candid in your experience. My husband and I both listen and it's helped us get some insight on how to better support each other through the slog of trying and waiting to make a baby. Also, as a side note, I tried to make an appointment today with a new doctor in my network. The receptionist said she was sorry there weren't any openings until May. Then she added that that was May of 2018. Jesus Christ. Good luck to you guys. I'm rooting for you. And Dory, I can't wait to read your book when it comes out. Oh, my book. Start up a novel that you can pre-order on Amazon. Or Barnes & Noble. Or IndieBound. So, yeah, that HMO thing is is a wrinkle that we have not had to deal with because I have a PPO. Um, so I don't know what your situation is in terms of being able to see a specialist, but um, also I think at your age, they want you to be trying for a year before yeah. they have you see a specialist. Um, so you get like six more months. You have six more months of trying natural of doing it. And maybe you want to take that appointment, that 2018 appointment. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> no, I know. Then by then maybe you'll be like, okay, also, we're ready that do doctor is bound to have some cancellations. I would assume. So you can probably get in a little yeah. earlier. Um, what but about, What about when you decided to see a specialist? Well, I decided after six months of trying because I had had a conversation with my OBGYN and she was like, I normally tell people to try for a year, but because you're, I was already 38, I think at the time. She's like, because you're 38, try for six months and then go see a specialist. Yeah. And then that was when I found Dr. Weiner, who is a re- reproductive endocrinologist, um, but she doesn't do IVF anymore. But she kind of shepherded me through the process and got all my tests done and gave me some referrals and was just like very supportive in those early initial phases. She got you tested. Yeah. Um, and she kind of like gathered all of our information and, and like walked us through the process. So she was, she was like a Sherpa. Um, and I liked her. She was very like no nonsense. And I liked that her office was kind of like old. Yeah. Like she was just like all business. Yeah. Like she didn't need any new fangled. No, and her furniture in the waiting room, I felt like, was like off of the Golden Girls lanai. Totally. And on the TV, she had some, she always had some sort of like channel one type, like health infomercial thing on. Yeah. yeah. She was good. Yeah, I liked her. Um, she but, referred us to a couple of uh, doctors, yeah. uh, some IVF clinics and stuff like that. She gave us the heads up on some clinics losing embryos and yeah things of that nature um and she's also very big on the genetic testing she loves a genetic test um so yeah so i i would i would see if you can see a reproductive endocrinologist um and just get those tests done if you're if you're worried about it but really i mean i don't think you have to do it for six more months honestly yeah you don't you shouldn't have to see a specialist so yeah put off if you're worrying about it stop thinking about it Just yeah keep trying yeah this is from sarah okay hi sarah she says hi matt and dory oh hi uh i've been listening to your podcast and love your perspective on ivf and how it functions within your normal lives i'm curious as to how you guys will keep doing what you're doing parenthetical adult life work writing podcasting close parenthetical <laughs> 
once you're pregnant slash having the Matry baby. Oh. Instead of doormat. Okay. Uh, I'm a single mom with a three-year-old, which I have raised on my own since he was born. His name is Fox. Ooh. Good name. Cool name. Uh, it's only been within the last year that I've begun working from home, hosting my own podcast, and attending local cons. Intermingling my work life with my Fox life has been challenging, and in short, I wonder how you guys envision everything working together down the road. I hope you... Why have you not plugged... What is your podcast? You should tell us what your podcast is so we can plug it. I hope you turn this into a book. Uh, I think it would dominate the baby book market. Yeah. Why don't you, why have you pitched this to your literary agent? No. Think about it. Aaliyah, if you're listening, get at me. She's not listening. (laughs) Uh, I wonder how you guys envision everything working together down the road. It'd be fun. We could like call and response chapters where like you're doing your thing and then I'm like, well guys, here's what I was doing. That would be kind of funny. Yep. There you go. Your chapters would be so much more funny than mine would, though. Well, I'm a comedy writer. I know. And you're a serious writer who wrote a very funny novel, startup, a novel by Dory Shapiro. Uh, I hope you turn this, but uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, also, <laughs> make a fun and gross uh, to turn into a, pi- a children's style picture book. That'd be really funny. Oh. Also, I'm wondering what your advice is for sound quality on podcasts. Um, lot there. Yeah. I have no idea. The answer to that question is I have no idea how we're going to keep doing what we do. That is the real answer. That is my answer as well. I have no idea, but I it's, 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 fa- you know, I think back when I was in high school, had, I was hanging out at a friend's house. Um, Peter Maskeluk. I was, we were very good friends. I was hanging out at his house and I remember, and I, I think about this all the time. His mother was complaining about the laundry not being done. And she just sat and she sort of sighed and she said, well, it'll get done. It always does. Mm. And that has stuck in my head since she said that. And I apply that to everything in life that I have to do that's hanging over my head. It's like I don't ha- I don't want to worry about things too much because I know it'll get done. Yeah, like we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I always I always think about that. That's sort of been my MO. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I, I, as you know, I like a plan. Yeah, you love a plan. But I find it hard to plan like big things, like like big picture things. Yeah, like houses and... Yeah. Like if you're like, we're going to have people like, I don't know, we're going to have a dinner party. We, we wouldn't because you don't like dinner parties. But I would have a dinner party here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let's say we're having a dinner party. I would know how to plan a dinner party. Sure. But when you ask me, like, how are you going to juggle kids and work? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll, I guess I guess the one thing I will say is, like, I I do not anticipate being shy about asking for help. Who are we going to ask, though? Our family doesn't or, live here. I guess... Like, if we can afford it, paying yeah. for help. Yeah. Well, and I also, in order to afford it, we'd have to continue to work. Right. I know. It's a real catch-22. Yeah. Um, I don't see myself staying home full-time. That's just nothing. That's just not who I am. I, I think people who do it are great and do a great job, but I don't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... 
I don't know, but my, I feel like at this point, my job slash career are more flexible than yours. Oh, a hundred percent. So that will definitely factor into things. Yeah. But by the same token, I don't want to have to like bear a disproportionate brunt of all of everything. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know how you're not going to have to do that. I know. It's a very, uh, it's, it's a terrifying conundrum. conundrum. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll keep doing this podcast and you'll hear about it every week. Yeah. It's too bad Bo can't babysit. I would love it if Bo could babysit, but I think he'd just sleep. I know. That's what he's doing now. He, he had a tough so day. Much. Yeah, real tough day sitting on the couch and harassing and us to go out. being afraid of the rain. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> um, we'll figure it out, maybe. Yeah. Uh, cool. Oh, sound quality on the podcast. Uh, I use a Zoom H6N. Uh, it's a great recorder. It's a little expensive, but inherently worth it because it has... Uh, four XLR inputs, so I can have four mics going at the same time. It also has uh, two... It has a left and right mic on the top. There's a number of different attachments that go on the top, so you could have multiple uh, sort of other microphones going as well. I could be getting the ambient of the room if I wanted to. Um, also, you can plug in a line out into there. It's uh, so handy. I have each... Uh, Mic input has its own levels, so I can do that. So, like, if I wanted to get a little louder, I could do that. Whoa. I, that I could do that. Um, yeah, it's great. I recommend it. And then, as far as what I do, I take the audio file, I drop it into GarageBand, I then export a full quality uh, version of it, and then I put that into a program called Levelator, where I get the levels all set. It's really a process, but uh, a good microphone... And a good recording device. I mean, you could get an H4N, which I think are $250, which you can plug in a couple of uh, mic inputs. You can plug in two XLRs, and that works great as well. Did you just notice my eyes glazing over? I did, and I also noticed the podcast listener's eyes glazing <laughs> over. <laughs> so I just wanted to wrap that up quickly. Oh, thank you. Um, well, I think we have time for one more email before we get to the rest of yeah, the podcast. I agree. So I'm going to read this email from Molly, um, who says she was just listening to the latest episode and she attached a screenshot of the request she made to her Canadian library Oh, to purchase startup a novel. Well, she wrote an email and she, she did not win the contest. I know. Sorry, Molly. Um, okay. I'm also happy to hear that Matt thinks Logan is a jerk. I do. Matt, do you ship Rory with Jess or Dean LOL or Paris or anyone. Oh, Paris and Rory. You know, I'd certainly think that uh, as things stand now, it appears that uh, Jess is is really the the one who's going to always be there for her if she needs it. However, I feel like in the the last run of Gilmore Girls episodes, it really seems like she needs someone. Oh. Something or someone. I've also been wondering what you thought of the Paris IVF clinic storyline in the Gilmore Girls revival, but maybe that was addressed on Gilmore Guys, and I need to listen to that podcast, too. You can listen to Gilmore Guys if you have 19,000 free hours. <laughs> um, I, li- I, you know, I like the Paris IVF clinic stuff. Um, it made sense that she was there. She was literally playing God. 
That's wow. That's that's Paris's character. She's an MD and a lawyer. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I also second Dory's plea for Matt to stop saying keeping it tight down there, re C sections. Wait, that was your plea? I thought it was just a listener's plea. It was a listener and my plea. Wait, you also plea that you don't want to keep it tight down there? No, I want you to stop saying. Are you saying keep... that you're not going to no. keep it tight uh, down there? <laughs> Boy, sorry. Yeah, sorry, everyone. Um, all right. So, yeah, so so coming up, we 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 talk, or I talk to um, these two sisters, Megan and Eileen, um, about donating an egg to your sister. And what's that like? Oh, my God. All right, buckle up. They're fading in. We're fading out. They're fading in. Okay. Well, you're fading in as well. All right, cool. I'm out. Okay. So today we have a an extra special uh, episode of Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. We are going to be talking to, well, I'm going to be talking to sisters, um, Megan and Eileen, who have a really fascinating story. So um, do you guys just want to introduce yourselves and... Tell everyone, I guess, where you live and how old you are. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sure, I'll start. Um, um, you start, Megan. <laughs> I, I will, because I'm the baby sister. Okay. So I always get to go first. Um, I am Megan and I live on Long Island, which is terrible. Um, but I grew up in another suburb of New York with my wonderful older sister, Eileen. Great. You want to introduce yourself there, Weenie? Yes. Um, my, I'm Eileen and, uh, I am eight years older than Megan. So I'm 46. Okay. And I live in uh, Westchester, which is uh, 30 minutes north of Manhattan. Cool. Um, So I'm sure everyone is dying to know why you guys are on the podcast. Um, And the reason they're on the podcast is because Megan emailed me. Megan, I think you emailed me after the first episode came out. You were a very early um, adopter. I did. I did. Well, I'm a big fan of... um, your writing story and so I think I was following you on Twitter and I saw um I think I like watched as you were sort of like publicly coming out as someone battling swimming upstream through the stream of eggs (laughs) and sperm Um, and I remember a lot of people encouraged you to start you know a podcast I guess because your man does that, as he talks about constantly. Yes, indeed. <laughs> He's not here, so we can <laughs> say whatever we want about him. Um, uh, That's yeah, really weird. At, at some point, I think he he was he was sort of 
he wasn't reluctant, but he, I think he's skeptical, I think is the word. And so he had, he had posted a poll on Twitter asking his followers whether um, he, he and I should do a podcast about IVF. And to my surprise and delight, uh, the, the votes were overwhelmingly in favor. Um, so anyway, so you had emailed me right after we started the podcast. And why don't you just tell everyone uh, kind of the gist of your email? Sure. So my email was basically like, hooray, I can't wait to listen to the rest of this podcast, especially because listening to stories of conception um, is one of my favorite things to do. Um, And talking about conception is one of my favorite things to do. And helping other people conceive is one of my favorite things to do. And I think that I attach um, a photograph to that first email and introduced you to the very first portrait that my sister Eileen had ever sent me of her son. And that portrait was actually um, the microscope picture of the embryo um, that was going to be implanted. This is years ago now. Um, that was made out of my egg that I donated to my sister yeah. a bunch of years ago. And yeah, and that uh, that portrait, which at the time, Eileen, you were calling him, I think, Pedro was his in utero name. But his, <laughs> but his really? name is Teddy. Yeah, Pedro's first portrait. Wow. Um, but Teddy's yeah, now, what, like, uh, He is, uh, yeah, a little more than that. He's going to be five in May. Um, and I had him via IVF. Um, and initially I had actually, I was in my late thirties and single again. And uh, I'd been like a 10 year long distance, stupid relationship. And, and I just started to freak out, uh, about wanting to have kids, but not necessarily freak out about wanting to be married. Um, so I started an important distinction. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but you know, open to it. But you know, yeah, when you're yeah. when you're like on Match.com and you're 38 and it says I want kids, you know, and you put down, you know, here's the window of of people that I'm looking at, pe- men who are generally my age or five to seven years older or a couple years younger. They they all kind of panic when they see that because you know that you're right. basically dating to find someone to have a family with. So you know, it was just sort of I was like, let me just pursue it on my own. So I'd gone in figuring I was, you know, I was fine. I was healthy. I'd always had like, you know, regular menzies and whatever. And, uh, it, it turned out that I had an issue, uh, with premature ovarian failure or insufficiency POI. Um, and they don't really know why, but I wasn't really, uh, making eggs anymore or was making them sort of sporadically. I guess that I want to say my THC levels were um, really high, but I think it's I think it's three different letters than that. It's basically a hormone level that tells you whether you're making um, eggs or not. I think you're referring to AMH, uh, PSH, TH- or yeah, something like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. You're, THC yes, is yes. pot. The, but... the hormone that, yeah, <laughs> one of those levels <laughs> is high. And okay. uh, so she's like, basically, there's really very little chance that you're going to um, be able to, you know, get extract enough eggs to have it. Wow. Success in IVF. Um, and Megan had, had actually said when I told her that I was going into this on my own, 
if if you ever need it, I'll she said, I'll carry the baby for you. Wow. And I was like, wow. Okay. Um, Wait, but she basically on. put herself think, out there as like, <laughs> whatever you need. I, I, I think we need to back up for a second because that is, that is an incredibly generous and amazing offer, Megan. Did it oh, just that's very kind of you to say, I, I mean, it is, uh, you know, did, did this just spontaneously occur to you? Was this something you had been thinking about? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm curious, like what, what led you to this um, decision to offer up your, your womb to your sister? So, um, I mean, let's back up to the beginning. Uh, (laughs) My sister is my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, She is also like a mother figure to me. Mm -hmm. And before this had all happened, um, my husband, Bob and I, and our, at the time, nine month old daughter, Olivia, who's now an eight year old monster, um, who I adore. Um, (laughs) we had moved into my parents' house, um, while we looked for our own house to buy. My sister had also moved into (laughs) previously (laughs) because my my sister had bought our brother a house (laughs) when he went through a terrible divorce. Uh, That's a whole other podcast. You guys are such good siblings. Oh, my God. Yeah, we we have kind of loser brother. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, (laughs) CJ and Eddie. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, I think that we grew up in a family that really values, um, service, Mm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and we also grew up in a family where like, I feel extremely devoted to my sister. Mm. Um, and we spent this year living together with my kid and she was just fucking amazing with my daughter and I really, really wanted her to be a parent. Megan was also like just in love with being pregnant when she was pregnant Mm. and in love with baby, the idea of she wanted, you know, she, she was talking about being a doula and, you know, really, really getting into this idea of helping people like have babies because Mm -hmm. she was just so like high on pregnancy and babies and you know and that is true my second pregnancy cured me of the desire to ever carry another pregnancy though fair enough thank god it never came to that (laughs) so eileen at this point how you how how old were you at this point you were 38 37 yeah then it got into like i 39, I want to say. Okay. He's five. You know, it was kind of a, it took a while. The process took a while. So if we're going back to when, yeah, because I had to do a bunch of other things (laughs) before the IVF even happened, there was like a hydro salpingogram and tube tied off. And so it was like, you know, months and months were going by. So it wasn't really until September of 2011. Okay. Um, yeah, which would make me 41, I guess. Right, and I was working that, and I had moved to Long Island at that point. Right. 
Yeah. So September 2011, between the surgery and the the Megan's Megan's egg thing, went over the course of that summer. Okay. So Um, so at the beginning, so originally you had offered to carry. Eileen's child. She Megan. offered anything. She's like, I'll give you okay. anything. She's like, I'll give you eggs. I'll give you, you know, I'll breastfeed you. I'll, <laughs> I think she just put well, it out there. You, it's like, whatever you, <laughs> your child, whatever you need. <laughs> right. Um, so, okay. <laughs> so when, so Megan, talk to me about kind of when you guys came to the conclusion that it would be your egg that your sister was going to carry. Um, how did those conversations go? Sure. Um, Eileen was keeping me updated um, as she went through all of these tests and processes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understood pretty clearly as, you know, as she became to understand what the problem, like what the, what the path to fertility was or whatever would mm would be for her. Um, and so I just kept reiterating like, okay, well, it sounds like you might need my eggs. So if you need my eggs, just let me know what I need to do. Or it sounds like, uh, you know, do you need me to drive you to that surgery? I would love to drive you to that surgery. Are you sure you're going to take a cab? And Eileen's communications were always like, well, let's not go too fast here. Like, you know, don't offer these things yet and you know my my message was just I trust just tried to be really consistent and say like my genetic material is your genetic material and whenever you're ready for it I'm ready to give it to you. Eileen at any point were you worried that Megan was going to change her mind? I was worried that she wasn't giving herself enough room to change her mind. Mm-hmm. I also felt like, um, there was, you know, there was another the person that needed to be part of the process, which was Bob, her husband. So, um, I just wanted to make sure that everybody had enough time to have it sink in because for me, it was, it was very real. You know, for me, the idea was here, here I go, I'm ready Yep. And I wanted it to be real. I also didn't want to like get my hopes up and then have it mm-hmm. have have somebody, you know, have Megan get into an emotional place where that changed. Like I was protecting right. my own heart um, yeah. while trying to also protect her mm-hmm. from putting herself out and then finding herself like, you know, the, the floor no longer under her. Um, so, you know, it's like I'm I'm sort of used to being the I will take care of you person, mm. probably also a part of me that was like, you know, it's, you know, it's hard to also very independent and it's hard for me to accept help even when I'm like, you know, <laughs> asking for it. Right. <laughs> so. That is the truth. Um, yeah. It was good. The, the program that I went to at NYU Langone, uh, they had a mandatory therapy session. <laughs> Oh. Um, so they that was actually, just for, for uh, egg, for any egg donor or for any, yeah, for anybody using an egg donor. Oh, um, okay. and then for us, they actually, actually, they wanted to, to have Megan and Bob come in. So we all did separate sessions and then we did a session together. Oh, wow. Yeah. What and it was, like? manda- 
it was mandatory for my husband to go into a session for it. So yeah, it wasn't like they wanted him. It was mandatory. Interesting. I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're also yeah. very data driven and they're very, uh, they, they like to, they're, they're at they're It's a school. So they also have all of these, you know, they're looking for all of this information. I think they had a lot, the programs are really set up for, you know, female donors to come in. I think that a lot of times, even when I was in the process, they were like surprised that I had a known donor or a sister donor, you know, they, oh, they didn't even change the price. They didn't even change the prices for me. So it was just as expensive to use Megan as my donor as it would have been to use an anonymous donor through their program. Oh, wow. Um, which I found, I, yeah, which was, I thought was very rigid of them. And I think if, you know, if I'd started writing letters and maybe talked to the head of the program, but I just was like, you know, I think you're doing this wrong a little bit, but let's just, you know, <laughs> let's so not that, because I did the not people and go with the any, I did not receive any payments for those eggs, although my sister did give me a $50 Visa card that she got for signing up for AccuView lenses. Oh, that was very, that was very sweet. Um, so <laughs> that was, for, that was camp, that was camp fair. <laughs> so um, I mean, the fee that you paid NYU did not include any, any compensation for Megan. Correct. Yeah. So I guess yeah. that if, if that had been an anonymous donor, it would have been something that like an agency would have negotiated. So you probably would have had to pay on top of that. I'm just, I'm like thinking out loud here. Um, you paid you pay NYU for their egg donate for an egg. Right. If you want an egg, you pay them and it's the same. It's like, you know, $20,000 or t- it's like 10 for the egg donation and 10 for all the IVF. Um, right, right, right. Oh, right. Because they have to put it but in But it's you, not like so. they, tr- yeah. But then, you know, yeah, their egg donors come in and get paid, but Megan didn't. So right. it was like a double, a double whammy. Got it. Um, yeah. As far as as far as money. But I, but I, I was surprised that they didn't, they weren't as, you know, the drop down menus didn't always have known familial oh, donors. So interesting. You know, it was like, I think that they're just, we're kind of used to people just needing an egg and kind of checking some boxes and waiting for batches. And, you know, the other weird thing is they, they asked what, what do you want us to do with anything that's left over? Right. <laughs> so like, yeah. you know, people are waiting for these donated embryos and donated eggs. And they were like, if Megan has extra, do you want to donate them? And I was like, I don't think so. Let me check with Megan. But right. <laughs> um, both, both of us were like, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> so Megan, uh, how did, how did Bob react when you told him that you wanted to donate an egg to your sister? Um, he wanted the first conversation that he wanted to have, he wanted to know, um, how egg donation would affect my fertility and how it would affect Mm -hmm. like my lifetime supply. Mm -hmm. And that's a really easy question to answer, which is it doesn't. Right. Um, he, kind of didn't believe me. Um, but I think that's because he's a lawyer and he doesn't believe anything anybody tells him. Um, and I think I just, I sent him like a, something from like 
the uh, what is it? The Ketchup Institute, the Mayo Institute, uh-huh. the least favorite condiment <laughs> institute, the Mo Mustard Anes Institute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that um, you know that proved my point that you know studies have shown that you know doesn't have an effect on your fertility or your lifetime egg supply. Um, to donate. And then he was like, yeah, cool. Do I, I don't want to drive you there. Is that cool? Can you take a cab? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've got a $50 gift card. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, in terms my, of, my, oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, go Bob on. Knows, um, Bob knows, I mean, Bob feels about, I mean, um, the way I do. And um, I think fatherhood really profoundly surprised Bob mm-hmm. um, when it happened um, in ways that, you know, he's still sort of shocked by even eight years on. And um, he, once we had a kid, he was a very, he was very ambivalent about um, starting a family. Um, okay. And the minute our first kid was born, um, he became like an evangelical for fatherhood. <laughs> so did you, did he or you ever feel weird or uncomfortable? Like, oh, that's going to be my kid. Does, does that, did that come into the equation? That was my question. That's what I actually what? asked. I asked Bob that question directly. I was like, is it weird to know that your wife, has a child out there with another man. Right. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> what was Bob's answer? What was Bob's answer? He was like, I don't really look at it that way. And I was like, good, because I don't either. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know. Like that yeah. at all either. Were you using a sperm donor? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's um, the other weird thing. <laughs> well, not weird. Um just you know well there's some weird there's some weird no it's not weird i'm just saying it's a whole other a whole other discussion right um that you could have and the way that the way that you look at things is so odd like it wouldn't i don't look at it i don't look at teddy as like it's weird i don't look at teddy as like megan's child with a man that's not bob but at the same time (laughs) you know and then but then we also haven't talked to him about how you know megan's siblings are like his half siblings Right. Um, but, but if anything ever happened to me, like, let's say I were dying, I would totally like be ready to tell him that right now. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'd be like, you have family. This is look at your, this is even more special because, you know, he loves his cousin and now his cousin is like half, you know, related to him and even more related to him. But, but then you don't look at it that way when it's, it, when it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. You, you think of it as genetic material, but then when I think about the fact that he has Megan's genes and Megan's genes, especially with the genes coming from the mother, makes it feel like it's my stuff that he yeah. got too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if I just look at the things I want to look at. Um, I don't really actually really think about it until we're now that we're having this conversation. I haven't thought about this in a long time because, yeah. you know, life life right. gets in the yeah of course way. um but you know it's 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 interesting are <laughs> but yeah you... that's one of the things i asked bob was is it weird if you think about it this way right right um, 
Well, Bob sounds great that he responded in that way. <laughs> um, are you are you going to tell Teddy? Yes, and and you know I have in certain ways told him because he you know he's starting to ask you know why does this why do I have just a mom and some people have a mom and a dad and you know he has a, there's a kid in school that just has a grandmother. Um, you know, so there's, there's all these different types of families, but obviously the most common one he's going to run into is where there's a mom and a dad, or actually one of the most common is where there's a mom and a dad that don't live in the same house, it seems Uh, for him, but (laughs) you know, so there's a lot of trying to figure out when the right time is, and there's not a lot of like books out there on it. Right. Um, so you know, Although, I don't know if I'm I, doing doing it right so far. <laughs> Although, right. go ahead. I do have a really good recommendation for, um, Eileen already knows about this book, um, for a book for kids of families like this, which is called What Makes a Baby. And I can't remember the name of the author, but I think it's the only, or it's a very popular book at least. And it sort of removes, it's like a super inclusive book that allows for the possibility of like trans bodies and egg donation mm. and sperm donation and surrogacy. Um, and, you know, that's the book that um, we read to Olivia. And now we have a, I have a three-year-old son um, and we read that to Wyatt too. So, you know, there's, there's a, there's a lot of groundwork being laid in the, in the age appropriate conversations where it's not going to be like, right a bombshell. Right. Right. And you don't just go right into like chromosomes and mighty mitochondrial (laughs) DNA and, you know, which, which I, sometimes I do not necessarily with him, but like, you know, I get into the science of things because I want it to be cut and dried as a, as a scientific explanation. But I think that, you know, you have to be careful because what you, what you don't get into is what they'll get into. So if I don't, you know, if we don't talk about heaven and what it is, just because I don't believe in it, he may get like obsessed with heaven. Or <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I don't right. um I think it's important to to talk about the the mystical and the moral stuff as well as the science stuff. So that'll probably be my struggle is just trying to get a little bit more into the emotional, mystical, mm-hmm. you know, stuff and uh you know, and definitely leave him with the science and how, you know, because in my mind that the reason I was able to do this is because I canceled all of, tried to cancel all of the emotional stuff out and the, you know, how we make a family and, and how you need to fall in love with someone and then have sex with them and then, you know, be right. married to them and then have sex with them and all this stuff. And, um, you know, you don't want to take too much stuff out and just make it like, all you need is this, you know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. all you need is this cell and this other cell and a warm place to grow it because, right. you know, you do need more than that. But like what, you know, what do you need? What and a sister. do you need? And Megan, I mean, are you, are you going to wait until Eileen tells Teddy until you tell your kids for you to tell oh, your kids? Oh, yes. And that has nothing to do with like feeling like, you know, Teddy needs to be treated very tenderly or carefully. It's more that an eight-year-old child has absolutely no filter. Right. Um, And, you know, like (laughs) Olivia has gone up to like open casket funerals and been like, that man's at the end of his life cycle, everybody. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, she's not wrong. That's <laughs> um, correct. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, right. So, so our time, our timing has to be right, and we have to like <laughs> we have to do it in the right order. Right. Right. Um, um, I will say though. I will say though that you know that that in laying all this groundwork, you know, there is this this kind of side effect, which Eileen kind of touched on, which is, you know, the kids believe what they believe. And um, Mm. uh, Olivia did ask me some birds and bees questions recently and was mortified and disgusted to know that there was like a biological process that could be completed to result in a pregnancy in a child. She just thought that like (laughs) everybody went to the doctor's office and the doctor took the sperm and the doctor took the egg right. and, you know, did I mean, the whole thing. Right. So she knows how IVF works. She sure does. Right. So t- Teddy's like a virgin birth, really. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so much um, cleaner that way. <laughs> what advice would you guys give to, I guess, Eileen, what advice would you give to someone in your position who is considering asking a family member to donate an egg or to donate sperm? Um, is there anything that, that um, you... I would say just ask, you know, you know, you kind of know in your gut. I mean, I knew even when I was looking for um, thinking about sperm donors and do I know a donor, you know, that I would want to ask. And I, um, you know, you, you want to really think, I think you want to think about the relationship. I think it's really important to, but, but if you have to think about it too much, maybe you want to think about an anonymous donor. Mm. You know, if there's, if there's any doubt in your mind about what the relationship is between you and the person who's donating, I think you, you should definitely, definitely go to a therapy session or two. Right. Um, both with yourself and the person that you're you're talking to about it. I think, um, you know, some families, as close as they are, can also be dysfunctional, and you know, you want to be you want to be sure. Um, and right. sometimes maybe it's a little easier to go with someone that you don't know, but that has, um, you know, a similar background to you. Or um, there was all this interesting stuff I learned too about sperm donors, where like people would want to ask their girlfriend's brother so that they would have those genes of the you know it's yeah it's it's interesting you can't just think about the science you have to think about the relationships and and then you and then there's that whole other facet of thinking about what the child's going to deal with when they when they're thinking about where they came from right and and also how you would feel about your sibling if they say no right totally yep and and leaving it open to it it will be and i i I think Megan and I had this discussion or I, I think I said it where it will be okay if you can't do this. Exactly. No, right. There's, um, I need, I need some advance notice, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it will be okay. Yeah. Um, and Megan, what about yeah. you? Yeah. Um, well, what what so advice I, would you give people? So um, I also just want to speak a little bit about, you know, the fact that I have listened to the episode with your friend who, um, whose sibling did not want to donate. And yeah. um, I think that he handled that so beautifully and gracefully and graciously. And I think that my advice um, is that I think that you just need to put 
relationship first and communicate. And there's no wrong way to feel about any of it. Right. Um, but if, but you have to have the kind of relationship where you can communicate. You have to have the kind of relationship to do this successfully. I think you have to have the kind of relationship where any feeling can be tolerated, that any emotion can be handled. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Eileen and I have a very trusting and loving relationship. And, you know, I've been a total rotten bitch to her plenty of times. And I've never felt like it was going to damage our relationship. Um, I don't think that you can go through this process with um, a relationship that is like less stable than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like we're incredibly stable people. Like, no, we're like crazy. Right. It's not about being, it's not about being like perfect or stable. You know, no, we're, in, we're hu- fucking human. human. They, NYU would never have taken my eggs if it wasn't for someone who was like, yes, 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 I know there's <laughs> cancer and schizophrenia somewhere in there. I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there, <laughs> right, because, yeah, I mean, you're not just doing an anonymous donation. Um, and that's, that's really meaningful. Um, is there, is there anything else that you guys want to say that, you know, that you feel like people should know or that you just want to? Oh, my God. Do Kegels. Just do them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Start them now. I would, say, I would say also whatever you're thinking about, just get started now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think if I had uh, if I had done what I was had wanted to do in the first place a couple of years earlier, I might have had my own eggs. You know, mm-hmm. I don't you know, you just don't don't wait until everything's perfect. If you want something, you know, just put yourself out there. And if yeah, you want to ask it. someone, yeah, just do it. That's um, really good. Advice. You know, because at the end of the day, when you get that little kid, it really goes away. All the all the all the work you did to get them and, and what genetic material you use to make them. Yeah. Um, it's all, it's all fraught, but whatever it is, when, when they come out, they're, they're yours. You know, that first night when they vomit right, you know, in your face, in oh. your mouth, like, you know, that's it. You're joined. Right. So. Um, yeah. Well, listen, you guys, this was so great. Uh, it was so great to talk to both of you and uh, your story is like really inspiring and beautiful. So <laughs> thank That's you. That's so sweet. Yeah. So um, I think from now on, it should be the three of us and uh, Matt should just uh, go back to his other podcast. Yeah. I mean, he can just walk the dog, um, which is what he was doing <laughs> while, while we were talking. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. Um no, but well, really. good luck to you guys. Thank and, you. you know, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm really, really enjoying, you know, listening along. Oh, good. Well, there you go, Dory. Your interview skills are on point. Oh, thanks, honey. Um, that's uh, that's it for this week's podcast. Couple of things we got to get out of the way. If you'd like to email us, you can do that. Matt and Dory at gmail.com. or Dory and Matt at Gmail. Yeah, if you'd like to call us and have a voicemail on the on the air, 
I'd like to one day have enough voicemails that we just do one voicemail mega mailbag. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Do you, do you think you can... Well, I was thinking we could do... Uh, like at some point, we could do like a bonus episode that was just like voicemails. No bonus episodes. Okay. It just seems like more work for me. All right. Sorry. But I'm thinking like maybe one episode just to get... You know, we get yeah. to all the people no, that I th- leave I voicemails. Think, I think that's a good idea. Um, we'll hear from Dom again. Yeah. It'll be great. Um, do you remember the phone number? Nope. I know babies at the end though. It's 413-461-BABY. 413-461-BABY. So please Leave call us a Google us. Voice. The cutoff is what? Three minutes? We think it's three minutes. We've and, decided it's three and minutes. And Mark from Wisconsin hasn't called back. Mark from Wisconsin? <laughs> fucking call back. I know. We need to know the end of your story. Oh, God, Mark. I had a couple people be like, that was such a good voicemail, but what, what happened? Yeah, I know. We're never going to know, <laughs> know. Unless he calls back. Mark, call back. Um, yeah, I think that we did a great job. You did a lot of the work here. <laughs> Well, thank you for taking out both four times. You're welcome. Someone had to. I know. We'll see you again next week. Well, Maybe. actually, I won't see you at all. You'll just hear us again next week. Until we do our live show in Canada in the National Park for free. <laughs> what a plan. Yeah. All right. Bye, Bo. Okay. Bye. Bo. Go sleep. Everybody's trying to be my baby now.